The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It sure is, and welcome to it. It's uh, good to be back here on a Wednesday night. It is uh, seven minutes after seven o'clock. Good to have you along. Employment Law Show. Schools here along with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru, co- uh, co-founding partner of Samfiru to Markin LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada. You check that out anytime you want. Lots of things you can do tonight while you're listening in. You can make the phone call, 416-870-6400. That's a good start. If you have any questions about your employment, maybe a temporary layoff, COVID-related or otherwise, doesn't matter, bring it on. We'd love to talk to you. You can send an email. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And for any time other than uh, when we're on the air, or when we're on the air for that matter, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's a free and anonymous resource for you, all things about employment law. So check that out, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. What we'll get to tonight, uh, things you should never do without calling Lior first. That is a a lengthy list, and we want to get to that for sure. But first, we always start with a situation that came by your desk uh, of late. Lior, what do you got going on, pal? I know you got a couple things you wanted to mention. I do actually, and uh, you know it's it's our first live uh, Wednesday show. Last Wednesday, uh, some some something went on in the states. I'm not sure, maybe in the yeah. capital there that uh, <laughs> preempted us. Uh, but now we're here to talk about employment law, workplace rights. So first of all, happy New Year to all our regular listeners and our new listeners. If this is the first time you've tuned into the show, as John said, we are here to talk about employment law. We are here to talk about employment rights, your compensation, your job, your job security, your severance, the changes maybe made to your job, how COVID-19 has impacted your job. Mm-hmm. If you have questions, concerns, issues, now is the time to give us a call on the show so that I can help you. I can answer the question, give you the information that you need to have so that you can walk away armed with the knowledge. Uh, you can do things about your rights. Employment laws in this province are quite good, quite comprehensive. So give me the opportunity to have the law help you. And if you want to have a private chat, you don't necessarily want to get on air, not a problem. Option two is you can always reach out to me off air. We'll give you that uh, that, uh, contact information, remind you about it throughout the show. But as we're waiting for your calls, as John said, uh, here's what I wanted to talk about starting the show. So obviously one of the big things that have ha- that's happened here is the announcement made yesterday by the Ontario government with respect to uh, the, you know the, the whole uh, new state of emergency and essential services, etc. But here's where employment law issues that is going to impact uh, our listeners. Here's where, what you need to know. In that announcement, one of the things that the government has said is now employers are required to let employees that are able to work from home, they're required to let them work from home. So in other words, if you are doing a job that can be done properly from home, remotely, your employer has to allow you to do that. Now, that is a huge change because up until now, even if you could do your job from home, if your employer wanted you to come in, you had no choice but to come in. And if you didn't, that would be a resignation, which means you could lose your job, you lose your severance, you wouldn't qualify for any benefits. Now that's very different. So now, if regardless of your position, if it's the type of job that you can do at home and if your employer refuses to allow you, you have options. One of the options you have is you can file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. 
Potentially, you could even treat the situation as a constructive dismissal. So this is important for employers and employees to keep in mind. If you are ever in that situation, if you feel your employer is not helping you or not allowing you to work from home, even though you can do it, I can also help you. Sometimes just a quick note or a letter from me to your employer may remind them of their obligations. So, John, we're going to see a lot, of, a lot more employees working from home in the coming weeks. Now, this is only so far been implemented over for the next month. In a month, things can change. Maybe that's extended. But remember, you, you know, as part of the, the mandate to stay at home, you may have the ability to require your employer to allow you to work from home. You know, I mean, you know, you just mentioned this might be a month, even if they extend it a couple months, whatever. It won't be forever. So will this have any long-lasting ramifications either for an employer or an employee, or when this is all said and done, it's back to status quo? So the, the way we're looking at it right now, my best answer to that would be that if and when, you know, the state of emergency is done, things can go back to status quo. At that point, the employer can still require the employee to go back to work because that's allowed. Now, keep in mind, though, here's where it could get more interesting. If your employer, once the state of emergency is done and you can go back to work, if your employer still says, no, no, it's okay, stay at home, continue work from home, that's fine, at that point, they can't necessarily change their mind later on. So if you're allowed to work from home when there's no necessarily a reason for it, then your employer can't change their mind because they give you a right and that became a term of employment. So this is certainly something to keep an eye on as we move forward. No kidding. 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. It's uh, seven twelve, so you got lots of time to call in and ask your questions. Uh, what else is on your mind before we get into our topics? So I did a session actually earlier today on Facebook. Every Wednesday at uh, 1 p.m. I do a Facebook Live session. I log on. I answer questions, etc. Kind of like we do here. I just you know, mm -hmm. take some Facebook questions. Well, I, the reason I'm mentioning this is the question that I get, I got asked today probably – you know, a dozen times over a period of a half hour was how long can my employer keep me on the leave or on a layoff? I've had a bunch of people today ask me, well, I've been off for a while for a number of months. I thought I was going to come back to work in July. Then I thought I was going to come back to work in January. I'm not. How long can this last? Uh, well, here's the answer to that. And hopefully our regular listeners know what I'm about to say is they can't keep you on the layoff at all. In other words, you could have actually treated the layoff as a termination back when it first happened. You didn't have to accept it. If you choose to accept it, if you choose to stay at home, they could potentially keep you on a layoff until next year, until March of 2022. But that's only if you choose to allow that to happen. You can also choose to treat this as a termination. So if you're ever in that situation, if you haven't been called back to work, if you've been on a layoff now for a while, you can make the decision right now to get severance. And for many people, that may be better option than waiting another year plus and Crazy. see what the company decides to do. So if you want to talk about that, if you want to talk about your severance or, or how you can pursue that, let's talk about it on the show or contact me off air. I'll be happy to help. 
We'll, uh, you know, take your calls when they're all ready. We're just getting a couple lined up here. 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. want to mention as well, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. I mentioned it was free and anonymous, but there's a ton of information on there that could help you uh, get through this quagmire of, of, of employment law. If you're not a lawyer, you're not going to understand a lot of it. And uh, helpful is tuning into this show twice a week and on the weekends as well. But you can use pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You're probably, probably familiar with the severance pay calculator so that is within pocketemploymentlawyer.ca now so you got that going for you things you should never do without calling leor first this one's a big one might as well start big and that is contract the uh, contact the ministry of labor or employment standards branch if uh, you're out in the west for uh, for advice do that yeah. Yeah, and to be more specific, contact the Ministry of Labor for advice about your losing your job or your layoff, and and that is important. If you contact the Ministry of Labor because you lost your job, not only will you get the wrong information, I'll explain that in a second, you actually could be giving up your rights. So the Ministry of Labor can only advise you with respect to your minimum entitlements. That's a small portion of what you're actually owed. So if you call the Ministry of Labor, for example, and you tell them I've worked for three years, they let me go, what am I owed? You're going to be told three weeks pay, but that's wrong. Your full entitlements could be six months pay, eight months pay, or more. So that's wrong advice, and you might think, oh, well, they offered me four weeks, so I should accept it because I'm only owed three. Wrong, 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 but it gets worse. If you file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor, you are then barred from pursuing your entitlements. That could cost you tens of thousands of dollars. So if you do not contact the Ministry of Labor without checking with me first, okay? You don't like me, contact another employment lawyer, but you have to do that. You can go to the Ministry of Labor for other issues, overtime, vacation pay, holiday pay. You cannot go to the Ministry of Labor if you lost your job, not if you want to pursue and obtain your full entitlements. What happens if you open up a file with the Ministry of Labor? Well, that's where it gets so much worse. So, well, I I was let go. My company didn't give me three weeks even, so I'm going to file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. The problem with that, by doing that, you now gave up your right and your ability to get your full severance. So the Ministry of Labor may be able to help you get three weeks pay when you should have gotten six months pay. Well, guess what? Now you can't pursue your entitlement. So please, don't do that. Every week I speak with people that have lost tens of thousands of dollars because they made that mistake. They contacted the Ministry of Labor. Please don't let that happen to you. Check with me first. That's why we're talking about things you shouldn't do, at least not yeah. without checking with me first. Again, that number, 416-870-6400. That is the number to call through here and now and ask your questions. Don't be bashful. Get it out there. You're going to regret it if you don't make a mistake uh, in the near future, possibly. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the number to call through. We'll get to one more before we break, and that is don't ever do it before calling the lawyer first. In a temporary layoff situation, sit home and then wait to be called back to work. You could be there forever. Absolutely. So we talked earlier about the fact that a temporary layoff in most cases is not allowed, meaning you can treat that as a termination and get your severance. Well, the reason I say you don't want to just accept it, at least not without having a chat with me first, is this. If you accept the layoff and you sit at home and at some point you get called back to work a year later and you go back to work, well, the problem is now you've given the company the right to do it again. And then you may go back to work after being off for a year And then you work for a few months and you get laid off again. At that point, you wouldn't be able to do anything about it because of the fact that you let it happen the first time. 
So when it comes to temporary layoff, it is a concern that I have in a big way if you just accept it, if you sit at home because yeah. you're giving the company the right to do it to you again and again, and that's a terrible situation. If you're on a temporary layoff, let's have a chat. Let's talk about does it make better sense to get your severance right now. Kate and Calvin, see you there, both on the line. Stay on the line. We're going to get to you as soon as we come back. You guys are first up on the phone lines to ask your questions. 416-870-6400. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back to it. 721 is the time. The phone number 416-870-6400. Callers always top priority as promised. Right back into it. Kate, thank you for standing by. Good evening. Hi. Hi. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Hi. We can hear you. Go ahead. Um. So... My question is in, is in regards to something that you touched upon when you opened the show. Um, I work for a brokerage, so a mortgage company, um, and our boss is wants us to stay in the office. He wants us working in the office. Um, he says that we are an essential service, and so that uh, he can request that we stay in the office now. During the first wave, um, we we all worked from home remotely, including myself. I'm office administration, so he says that if anything, if the other people want to go home and work remotely, they can. But I need to be in the office, and I'm just a little bit I'm I'm confused <laughs> as to what to respond to this this man. Sure. So, Kate, uh, here's how it works right now. If you are able to do your job fully and properly remotely, now as, as of the, the regulation that the Ontario government has implemented, now they have to allow you to, to do that regardless of what they want to. Now, I don't know enough about your job to say whether or not, in fact, you're able to do it properly and fully remotely. Can you do all aspects of your job remotely? So when, uh, when, like I said, when, during the first wave, I worked from home remotely. Uh, yes. My only requirement realistically was to go into the office once a week, which I, I did and I can still do. But the, the rest of the time, I worked remotely at home. And that, it was so yes, fine? Yes, I can do my job. Okay, good. So if you are able yeah. to do your job and, you know, kind of the proof is in the pudding in the sense that you've done it already mm -hmm. remotely in the past, mm -hmm. then yeah. now, I mean, up until now, they were right to say, no, too bad, you have to come in. Uh, they, right. they were allowed to do that, you know, morally or yeah. not, that's a different issue, but they were allowed to. Right. Now, as of, as of tomorrow, actually, they cannot do that anymore, meaning they, you can require them to allow you to work from home. So what, what I would do is... Uh, one thing you may want to do is find uh, the announcement from the government of Ontario, maybe even print that out and show them so that they know that it's legitimate, you're not making stuff up. If we already they did that. Okay, good. And what did they say? Didn't work. Nothing. <laughs> okay. Well, then, then you have two options here. Uh, either you can get me to give them a kick in the pants, as I like to call it, or you can file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. Uh, both of those are options because, yes, if you can do your job, again, and only you know if you can, but assuming you, you can do your job remotely, they have to do that. That's not me saying that. That's the government of Ontario saying it. So uh, it, it, those are the options because what they're doing, based on what you've described, is not right. 
So, so my only concern with with filing a complaint is, um, how how would that affect me in my workplace? Like, I mean, you're right. Uh, your employer is not gonna like you more, right? Because you filed a no. complaint. So, so maybe kind of the the path of the, the easier path, if you will is to have me send a very nice note simply reminding them, you know, saying that I've consulted with you and reminding them uh, that uh, you're actually allowed to work from home and per the regulation they have no choice. That could resolve it and hopefully that's the less confrontational way to go about it. Right. Okay. All okay. Right. So I can call, I can keep I can call this number during the day if I need to reach you. No, I'll give you the number now, Kate. If you want to, uh, you want to write it down. I'll give you a number to call the or if needed. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. I'll I'll give that up for the remainder of the show if you miss it. So no problem. You'll be able to uh, to get a hold of that. Lots of time still to go. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the way to call through. And got lots of open lines. So bring it on, Calvin. Thank you for uh, for hanging on. How are you? I was just thinking on top of my head, can you imagine how many lazy people are just going to want to take advantage of that and just goof off and stay home? You so silly. Now, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, all right, so my question here, okay, let me give you a little bit of background history on my, how I think, and I'm pretty insightful ahead of my time. 20 years ago, I would say, I don't know what I can say not there. I mean, I, I believe in freedom of speech, but anyway, um, I want to get my question out here. Basically, some certain types of people say, well, walk with your O-hip on the street, walk with your ID, in case you get killed or need hospital. Well, I don't need to draw my ID and have people who are not citizens misusing my ID, my SIN number. I'm not driving a car. I'm not flying a plane to walk with a passport, nor am I applying for a job or planning to end up in the hospital. Well, sure enough, years later, uh, we have to take a picture for our OHIP. And then I would say, my mom would say, never give your OHIP as ID for a job. That's very silly. They can misuse and abuse all the digits on your OHIP card. Sure enough, that ended up happening. We're losing our rights bit by bit. I said, yo, ma. I don't want the day to come we have to get palm scam, iris scam, facial recognition, because that's what they're doing. They're, they're, they're letting bad people like termites come in, mash up our freedoms, liberties, and they go, well, under the folks, under the folks, under the falsehood of safety, of course, we're going to take more of your rights, because folks, we're all in this together when we're really not. So my hey, question Calvin, is, Calvin, you got, you got an employment law question? Is it coming? Yeah, it's related. Okay, I'm coming. good. I'm coming. Okay, here we so go. When, so when we apply for Uber, they're telling us that we got to send over the Internet our ID. Now, with regards to uh, age discrimination or what uh, Mr. Ori Mora might call uh, ageism, are we allowed to, A, block out our private numbers from our ID on our whatever passport or our, our birth certificate? Because I frankly don't feel like giving out willy-nilly my stuff over the in, uh, the world wide web, which can and they pl- China plans to hack us. I don't plan on giving them my, my – can I cover my age? Can I cover my date of birth? Can I cover certain – special digits on my private, and I hope to remain private, identification, if we're forced. So, to, so right, first, first of all, uh, Calvin, the reality is that if you don't send it to them by Internet, they're not going to hire you, right? I mean, it's their right not to hire you, so you have to decide that, you know, what's better for you. Now, in terms of your age, yeah, frankly, if you covered your age, that would be okay, at least at, in the application stage, because age is not relevant to hire. But if you cover other information that doesn't allow them to verify your driver's license, for example, or then no, that they're not going to hire you in that situation. So you can probably get away with covering your age at this stage. At some point, you're going to have to give that to them because they need to have that uh, for administrative purposes. But at least at the application stage, age is not a relevant factor. They can't hire someone or not hiring someone because of age as long as you're legally otherwise able to drive. 
So that's doing... what uh, that's what you need to do. But if you say, well, I'm not comfortable sending this by internet, they say that's fine. But we're not going to hire you, right? So uh, you have to keep that in mind. What about OHIP numbers? They shouldn't be seeing our private OHIP numbers. Can we cover that? Uh, I mean, if they probably just need your driver's license. I can't imagine they need your OHIP card. Um, You'd be surprised what I've been asked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if if they need your your OHIP card, there's nothing illegal about asking it. Uh, there's no law that says they're not allowed to ask for it. They simply can't discriminate against you based on age. So at the end of the day, you have to decide what what uh, best for you. Uh, but by the way, uh, Calvin, I don't know that everyone is out there trying to steal your information, but that's just my opinion. I probably wouldn't take it, but I got my own. Thanks, Calvin, for the uh, for the uh, for the phone call. Anyway, you still got lots of time here. By the way. Lines open, 416-870-6400. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Yeah, things you should never do without calling Lior first. And uh, here's another one. Make assumption as to their status as independent contractor. Wow. Please don't assume you're an independent contractor. Uh Certainly not without speaking to me first. And the reason for that, and I, I hope our regular listeners know this, is many people, if not most people, that believe that they're independent contractors are really misclassified. In fact, they're employees in the eyes of the law. Meaning, if you, you, you know, maybe for a while now, for a number of years, you've worked, quote unquote, as an independent contractor. Uh, you've filed your own taxes, maybe you've even incorporated. And you think, I'm an independent contractor. Well, not so fast. If you have a regular job, you work for a company, you come home and you go back the next day to do the same thing, you are an employee. So don't assume anything. and, and That distinction between employee and independent contractor is quite important. One of the reasons that's important is severance. If you are really an employee, but you're misclassified as an independent contractor, and the company lets you go, you may think, well, I'm not owed severance, right? Because I'm an Mm -hmm. independent contractor. I guess that's just the way the cookie crumbles, and I, I, I don't have a choice here. Well, no, not at all. That's wrong, because if the law considers you to be an employee, that means you're owed your full severance. And that could be as much as 24 months pay, two years pay. So that's why I say you cannot and should not make assumptions about your status as an independent contractor without speaking to me. You can call me. We can have a a, a 60-second discussion, and I can tell you at the end of that discussion whether you really are an employee or an independent contractor or even an easier way. Simply go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There we have a tool that allows you to find out in seconds if you're an employee or an independent contractor, free, anonymous, easy to use, so check it out. But please, don't make assumptions without speaking to me. If you do, you could end up losing significant entitlements that otherwise you would have. Michael, thanks for calling in tonight. 416-870-6400 is the number that Mike used. Uh, how are you, pal? What's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, yes, I am calling on behalf of my friend who is in a disability situation. So uh, he had a stroke. So he he had two. You got your, uh, turn your radio down if you can, uh, Michael, and get oh, some feedback okay. there, pal. Sure, sure. Uh, so I'm calling about uh, my friend who is uh, who has had a stroke and he's at home. So he, he has two part-time jobs, one part-time and one regular job. So uh, is he eligible to apply for both long-term benefits at both places? Right. So he has disability coverage through both employers? Yes, he has. Yeah. So yes, he is because 
what they're doing is they're replacing the income that he lost with each employer. So yes, absolutely, he, he can apply and he should apply. And if they don't uh, approve him, despite his doctor saying he can't work or they cut him off prematurely, then he needs to reach out to my office and we can help him. Oh, only if they cut off the benefit. If, if they deny him or uh-huh. if they cut him off, then okay. yes, we can help him. But, but yes, he can apply to both. Uh, if if his job if he's unable to work with both and if he has separate coverage with each employer then yes he can uh-huh. apply to both of them uh, and, and they sh- should both approve him as long as his doctor says he can't work. Uh-huh. Uh, also, one more question. Uh, now mm-hmm. he, he by mistake he made an error uh, uh, showing what the part time as a full time. So he's getting his full time benefits right now. He, he's getting the benefit as a full time. So how he's going to correct that? From, you mean benefits from the insurance company? Yeah, the part-time the part-time uh, employer has uh, he he when he applied to the part-time employer the the the, the company he put it as full-time although he's part-time. But I he's see. Getting, yeah. So he needs to advise the insurance company right away because if and when they find out they may go after him for the extra money that they've paid him. So he needs to be upfront with them. They'll do a recalculation of the benefits, but he can't sit on that. He needs to let them know right away. Oh, okay. 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 Thank you very much. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of your evening. We are talking about in between phone calls, by the way, 416-870-6400. Things you should never do without calling Lior first. Another, it seems obvious to us at this point, but sign a severance letter. You know, it seems obvious, John, but do you know that every single day, every single day, weekends included, holidays included, I get emails or phone calls from individuals that want my help with their severance. Of course, that's what I do, but they've already accepted the offer, whether, you know, shortly, a short time ago or or in the past. And you can't do that because once you've signed off on that severance offer, it doesn't matter how bad it is. doesn't matter how much more you should have received. Once you signed it, you're done. You, you, can't pers- you can't change your mind. I can't help you. I can't get you more. So I may have to tell you, yes, you would have been owed another, a ye- another year's pay, but I can't help you, unfortunately, because you've already accepted it. So please be smart about this. Do the right thing. If you are staring at a severance letter, doesn't matter what you think. You may think it's the best ever. You may have your Uncle Bob, who used to work at HR, tell you that's a great offer. You may call the Ministry of Labor, they tell you it's a good offer. All of these things can be wrong and probably are wrong. So what do you do instead? You call me. You go to you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You can find out there in seconds what you're owed. If you think that I'm not good, then that's okay. Call another employment lawyer. But please, 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 do not be... Uh, in the, do not put yourself in a situation where you accept it and then realize you're owed more. Uh, I really don't like getting those emails. I, it, it kind of makes me very upset to have to tell people bad news. So, no, you don't do that. You don't accept severance offers without speaking to me first. 416-870-6400, the number. Hanak, uh, good evening. How are you? Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Happy New Year. Great. Good. You too. What's on your mind? Uh, actually, I want to ask on behalf of my mom. Sure. Uh, she was employed as a casual worker in a hospital, and then she had an uh, accident. Actually, she had uh, injury, not accident. Uh, she had an eye injury and then a back injury, and then uh, after reporting that, she was being placed on modified duty. But then the hospital decided uh, not to put her on modified duty 
anymore. And then they, they were so hesitant about uh, that particular modified wall. And then she went back and forth anyways for almost one year. But when the doctor gave her uh, the go-ahead like to go back on regular duties, they've asked her to do assessment, and then they kept, like, uh, they were so hesitant, and then they kept postponing this for almost six or seven months now. Mm. So what do you advise would like to... Uh, so, we don't know what to do from now. I understand completely. Now, Henneke, is she uh, part of a union? Yes, she is. Okay. So so my I have only one advice, and that is she has to. There's no other option. She has to speak with the union, and the union has to advise her. The union is the only one that's allowed to help her, that can pursue her rights, to tell her if there's other entitlements that she has. Uh, she cannot pursue this on her own or without the union or with my help. It has to be the union. That's why she's paying union dues. So uh, please, and even if the union is trying to put her off, she has to be persistent. That's the only option here, Hannah. It has to be the union. Hannah, I appreciate the call. Going to move on to uh, to Kevin next in line. Hey, Kevin, good evening. Hey, how are you? Good. What's going on? Uh, just wondering, as an employer of a, of a large company, do I have an obligation to accommodate a non-work-related FAF? So uh, if, if it's clear that uh, in terms of what the employee can and cannot work, you have to provide accommodation, yes. It doesn't matter if the person was injured climbing mountains in uh, South Africa. Uh, if, if they're unable to work and if they have a legitimate note from a doctor or a form from a doctor that talks about their limitation, then yes, you absolutely have to follow it uh, as long as it's possible. If you cannot accommodate, then it is what it is. But if you are able to accommodate, yes, you do have to accommodate. Okay, now what if the restriction says eight months? Is that considered a reasonable amount of time? Or can you have them have their doctor update every several months? Like how long can an FAF go on for, uh, and one without having uh, another doctor's note? So you absolutely can ask for an update sooner, uh, and and that's okay to say, well, I want an update in a couple of months. But the reality is, if the doctor said eight months, they're probably not going to change their mind after two. But you know, it's possible. The real question that you have to ask yourself is. Am I able to provide that accommodation, or is it going to be so difficult, so costly, that it just becomes unreasonable? If you are able to accommodate, whether it's eight months or, or even longer, then the law says, under our human rights laws, that you have to do it. If it becomes too costly, too difficult, uh, too unreasonable, then you may be able to say, no, I can only manage this for a couple of months, and then I can't. So we have to look at it on a case-by-case basis, depending on... on uh, your workplace, depending on the limitations, depending on the job that the person was doing. Uh, so it's not about the time. It's about are you able to accommodate? Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate the call. Enjoy the rest of your knee, uh, evening. Armin, uh, good evening. How are you? Good evening, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm sure. working for a company for a solid 19 years. I started working with the company as a production supervisor, and recently I was promoted to become a manager of the logistics department. I took that job last year, and I'm listening to your show for a long time, and I was start to worry. I never, ever had any contract with the company I started working. I never signed any contract, nothing, but awesome. they're contributing to my, you know, um, RRSP and everything else. But should I worry? 
No, in fact, th that that's a good thing. I mean, I, I know that you may think that having something in writing, having a contract is a better thing, but for you as an employee, not having a contract, working on a verbal agreement, that is much better. What that means is you now have all the protections of the law. What a contract often does is take away those protections. So no, don't ask for a contract. In fact, if they ask you to sign a contract, you have to be very worried. You have to run it by me before you sign it. But no, okay. don't worry. You're absolutely fine, Armin, not having a contract. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, this is, let me tell you this on the air. This is the best ever show all time. Yay. The wonderful work you guys are doing. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. You got yourself a pretty sweet deal there as well. 19 years of no contract. Just keep it quiet. Don't say anything about it ever to anybody. Uh, Bendor, hello there. How are you? Hey, how are you? Good. What's uh, what's on your mind, pal? Uh, by the way, just what the other guy said, this is absolutely the best show I listen to it all the time. Thank you. Uh, you're a good man. Appreciate it. And um, so I, I received a letter from uh, the director of my employer. It's Costco Hotel. Anyways, I was uh, off for a couple of years, and uh, they wanted me to do a gradual return. And uh, I couldn't do it, and it wasn't being accommodated. So now they've sent me a letter to say it's a frustration of contract, so they want to terminate me. So it's a question of what, are you able to go back to work on some basis, and can they really accommodate you? If it's a situation where your limitations are so severe that it's not possible for, the, for them to accommodate you, and if it looks like those limitations are going to go on indefinitely, then it may be a frustration of contract situation. But two things have to happen. Number one is they, they, they have to be in a situation where they cannot accommodate. And number two, those limitations have to continue indefinitely. Uh, is that your situation? Could they accommodate, but they're just refusing to accommodate? Exactly, yeah. So you think that they actually could if they wanted to? Absolutely, yeah. So not only is it not a frustration, it's actually a human rights violation if that's the case. So what, what we need to do, uh, Bendor, is we need to have a chat because if now they let you go because of frustration, that's a wrongful dismissal. Uh, you could be owed significant severance. How long have you been there, by the way? Over 12 years. Well, then you could be potentially looking at a year's pay just on the wrongful dismissal aspect of this. But then if they also, as you said, if they are able to accommodate you but have refused or have not tried hard enough, then that's a human rights violation. That's illegal as well. So, Bandro, yeah. you and I need to have a, a, a chat. I want to find out more about your limitations. I want to find out about what accommodation you need. And on that basis, we can proceed and move forward with this. Absolutely. I would be more than happy to. Excellent. Awesome. Thanks, Bendor. Appreciate that. You probably know the number, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. one 821 5900 Email help at employmentlawyer.ca. And uh, get to a couple more of these before we, uh, we wrap for the night, and that is things you should never do without calling Lior first. That is quit because you're upset about a workplace issue. Storming out of there on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. Do not quit in that type of a situation because you're upset, because you're frustrated. Do not quit without speaking to me first. There are situations that even though you are quitting, you could be owed severance. The law may consider that to be a termination, but we need to do this right. I, I spoke with a lady uh, actually earlier this week where she left because she was frustrated because of what her employer was doing to her. But in her letter of resignation, 
she said, well, I'm leaving because I'm going to spend more time with my family. No, no, you, you can't do that because how do we pursue it? So if you're going to leave because the company did something to you, because you're mistreated, because your job changed, we need to have a chat. We need to talk about how do we get you out of there properly and preserve your termination entitlements. So please do not leave, do not quit without speaking to me first. And finally, accept a medical accommodation that doesn't follow your doctor's uh, directions, right? Right. So, you know, I, I was talking earlier about the duty to accommodate. The doctor is the only one that can decide what accommodation you need, and the company has to follow it. If the company won't follow it, if they refuse, if they try to impose different types of accommodation, that's wrong. Don't accept it. That can make you more sick. That could be a, a huge problem. So unless your employer accommodates you properly, Let's have a chat. Don't accept it without speaking to me first. A lot of great calls on the air tonight. Got to appreciate everybody for uh, for calling in. If you uh, something comes to mind now and you want to talk to Lior, that's okay. There's an option. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. The website you can use for all this information and contact as well, or anonymous pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And before we go, I want to send you over to employmentlawyer.ca. The website there, you will catch links to our long running TV show as well, so you can check that out. And we'll catch you next time on the weekend employment law show. On Global News Radio, Alex Pearson coming right back with On Point next. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.